This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Alex Smythe. A new and witty version of Cinderella is coming to the Neptune Theater in Halifax. This production will take stage just in time for the holidays. So Halifax uh, community reporter Milena Kavanagh has all the details and she is definitely pumped for the holidays because she is already in festive gear with a pair of antlers, uh, uh, reindeer antlers on her head. Hello, Milena. How are you doing? Hello, Alex. Happy holiday seasons, greetings, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all of it. <laughs> yes, seasons, greetings to you as well. So let's get into the uh, the Cinderella production because, Milena, you had some involvement with consultation into the production. What? How were you involved in this? Okay. Um, well, as, as most of our viewers and listeners would know that for the past uh, year and a half to two years, I've been doing a lot of consulting on audio description for Neptune, which is our largest theater here in uh, Shabuktuk, Halifax. And uh, so we, you know, Neptune is actually showing quite a lot of um, live performances with audio description, including this Sunday, uh, Cinderella, performance of Cinderella. It's a family comedy musical just for, for the holidays here, um, starting at 2 p.m. at Neptune, 2 p.m. It is a masked performance, so please put on your masks. And people who are blind or partially sighted get a special code when booking online. So put in audio and your ticket will be $25 instead of starting at 81. Uh, so $25 plus your uh, guided assistant gets in free of charge, which is, I think is a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal price. So this Sunday, Cinderella, uh, bring your family uh, put in audio if you're blind or partially sighted. Uh, you will have uh, a headset to listen to a live audio description. And um, uh, and if you have any problems, I'll put out a telephone number, which is 902-429-7070. And that's the Neptune box office. Perfect. And so... <laughs> Uh, you, you've given all the, so so much great information, uh, Milena, on on what folks should know going uh, before booking and and uh, your your involvement within it. But what do you th- make of the uh, this take on Cinderella? Are you into the witty and fun uh, and quirky style that they they chose to go with? Oh, oh, definitely. You know, it's 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 all good for the family. You know, the kids still get to see Cinderella the story, but. Um... Uh, they're they're doing songs such as um, "Girls Just Want to Have Fun" and the Ballroom Blitz. So I couldn't help doing that. I'm sorry, <laughs> so, you know. And that and then uh, there's all sorts of silly jokes and and things uh, such as that. So for the adults, something to entertain and amuse, and for the kids to still be, you know, mesmerized by by the whole, uh, you know, Cinderella Cinderella story and the mice and and uh, everything like that. So I, I think it's a great uh, twist on it. Perfect. Yeah. So as you mentioned, it is a Sunday, December 17th at 2 p.m. Atlantic time at the Neptune Theater. And for more information, you can go to neptunetheater.com. 
neptunetheater.com. Now moving from the theater stage to the music stage, Milena, there, uh, before the winter solstice on December 21st, you have an opportunity in Cape Breton to enjoy a concert by the Second Wind Community Band, and they'll be sharing their takes on some Christmas classics. So why did you want to highlight this uh, kind of Christmas concert that's going to be taking place? Okay, so last month, Alex, you and I talked about 60 tubas doing classic Christmas songs in Halifax. Uh, there were 45, in fact, um, but it was phenomenal, okay? It was really, really great, and I'm a big supporter of community bands. So, you know, anywhere from the, the people in the bands are 18 to 90 years old, and, and it's really great, great performances. This one in Cape Breton, I thought I'd swing us all the way out to uh, Sydney, just only five hours away from the peninsula here. Um, so it's the Second Wind Community Band, as you mentioned already, uh, at the University of Cape Breton in the uh, Board Moore Playhouse. Tickets are $20 for adults, $5 for students and children, and um, it's on December the 21st at 7.30. And, you know, it's going to be, uh, again, classic Christmas songs and music, and, and I think it's just it's a really great way to support your community bands. It's a really great way for to kick off your season and and uh, and you know enjoy enjoy live music if if you're that kind of person like I am. Well, and what is it about that live music and in the band environment that really adds to kind of the the Christmas magic and the the holiday magic this time of year for you? I that's a good question. I I don't know. I, you know, I grew up with the I guess. A musical mom, and and I've always enjoyed music, and and to me, it's there's just something there's just something about being in front of a live band, and and you know, in junior high and high school, I was part of a band, and it's it, it's just this feeling that you're right there, you know. It's unlike when you're going to a concert, uh, and there's thousands of people, and you you really can't get close to the artist or the singer or whatever. But but just live community bands, they're a bit of a smaller venue, and I mean, you're right there, and it's, I don't know, makes you shake your booty, tap your toes. <laughs> Absolutely, even know. even if it's Christmas music, you know, you still wanna <laughs> you still wanna do it. But yeah, so that yeah. is the Second Wind Community <laughs> Concert Band, and they are performing December twenty first, seven thirty p.m. Atlantic time. As you mentioned, it's at Cape Breton University's uh, Boardmore Theater, and you can find out more information by going to Second Wind Community Band. SecondWindCommunityBand.com. You had one final topic you wanted to also highlight, Milena, and it has to do with the world of film. So the Trinity Square Video and Tangled Art Plus Disability have partnered together on a project called 1000 Minutes. What is this project highlighting? Okay, so basically I'm putting this in to save the date, which is really important. So January 2024, uh, um, uh, the 25th, 26th, and 27th. And um, it was going to be live in Toronto, but executive members such as I um, have uh, geared it up. So it's going to go virtual online. So January 25, 26, 27. And um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a creative project by Trinity uh, Square Videos. It's a, it's a bunch of film and video artists. Uh, the, the videos and the films will all 
every single one will be audio described that will be on um, your live channel feed. We, we Not all the information is there yet. We're just asking you to save the date. So, you know, I'll, Alex, and I'll ask you, when's the last time you've been to a film festival where there was at least even one audio described uh, film for people such as yourself and myself? <laughs> You know, it, it's been years, uh, especially with the nature of the pandemic. I used to always go to things like like TIFF as well as some other smaller community film festivals and in, in especially around my neck of the woods in, in Hamilton, Ontario. I used to enjoy those, but it's been a while. But to, to have every single film audio described uh, and also with the partnership with Tangled Art and Disability, Art Plus Disability, I, I'm very familiar with the great work they do. This sounds yeah. like such an exciting project. You mentioned you're you're an executive member. So tell us a bit more about your role within this uh, project. <laughs> Well, so so when I say that, I it's um I you know I was part of the creative team and um, just consulting on some of on some of the the videos that will be chosen uh, for the fil for the festival itself on 25, 26, and twenty seventh of January, um, uh, because we we did get a lot of submissions. Now all submissions that were accepted, there's about sixty of them, will end up being online at the at the end and after the film festival itself and they too will all be uh audio described uh by Kat Germain and and uh her team of of uh partners and there and there's a uh, quite a few of audio describers that are involved um and I'll, I'll put out a shout out as well uh Ramya right there out of AMI she'll be curating with me as well so um yeah so I've I've been from the beginning for a whole year on this project it has been exhausting it has been fun, um, and it's something that's close to my heart because, uh, you know, I, I too enjoy uh, films and videos, um, but I've never been to one where there's even been an offer for me with even one audio described film. So every single one will be audio described, and and I think it's I think this is a a great move, and I think that's what we need to keep on doing. So January 25, 26, 27, 2024. Next month, I shall have all full information. Just save the date for now. Perfect. And that is the 1,000 minutes. Milena, thank you so much. You've been very busy and getting involved with lots of very different <laughs> things. Uh, have yourself a wonderful day and a wonderful holidays, and we'll chat with you in 2024. Great. And Alex, I just want to send out to you and all our audience, may your turkeys be stuffed your stockings not have holes in them, and may Santa not get it stuck in anyone's chimney either. Be safe. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. That is Milena Kavanavichis, <laughs> who is a community reporter in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Coming up in 60 seconds, Laura Bain shares the latest news in the world of entertainment. But first, Epic Games won an epic court battle against Google. Mike Dubusky has a story in Tech Trends. A San Francisco jury has ruled Google operates an illegal monopoly with its app store, known as the Play Store. It's the result of a legal battle with Epic Games, the maker of Fortnite, which sued Google three years ago. Epic alleged Google's control of app distribution on its Android operating system and its control of in-app payment systems hurt its business. Google plans to appeal the decision. No, it's not over. Herbert Hovenkamp is a professor of antitrust law at the University of Pennsylvania. He says whether Google will win on appeal 
appeal ultimately comes back to whether or not the jury accurately defined the market for app stores. The plaintiff's victory hinges on the courts willing to accept a relevant market limited to Android devices. Epic lost a similar lawsuit against Apple and its app store two years ago, which defined the market more broadly. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News. And now it's time for the Entertainment Report with Laura Bain. Uh, let's bring her in now. Laura, you want to talk all about Netflix because they've decided to pull back the curtain a bit and share some more information on what people are watching. Yeah, they sure have. So Netflix has released its first ever report on streaming numbers for individual shows and movies. The report is called What We Watched, a Netflix Engagement Report. And it's easily searchable online if anyone is curious and wants to look at the detailed information. So prior to now, Netflix has had its top 10 lists and most popular, although those have actually only been around since 2021, which sort of surprised me. But the more detailed streaming numbers have been kept private by the company. So they're saying that they're going to release these types of reports twice a year now, and it will reveal the exact number of hours viewed for every title with more than 50,000 hours viewed. So the report didn't mention either the uh, actor's strike or the writer's strike, but it's safe to say that there's a connection because both of those contracts stipulated that streaming platforms needed to be more transparent about uh, their numbers. And of course, that's connected to residuals, which was uh, one of the main sticking points in that strike. Uh, so this particular report revealed information between January and June of 2023. Now, just to give a couple of highlights, over 100 billion hours of viewing during that time. That's astonishing and honestly, to me, a little bit scary. Um, I was trying to break that down in terms of how many people are in the world. And I know, of course, lots of people aren't watching Netflix. But uh, yeah, that's a lot of hours, hours of television. 30% um, of the viewing is non-English titles. I would have actually expected that to be higher. Although, of course, a lot of English titles have uh, other language options and those wouldn't be counted. Now, something to keep in mind is that it is for hours viewed, so TV shows are going to be able to rack up a lot of the top five most watched shows during that time. We had The Night Agent, Season 1, Ginny and Georgia, Season 5, Queen Charlotte, A Bridgerton Story. So, Alex, I'm wondering if the top five surprises you at all or if you've watched any of these shows. So yes, it definitely surprises me. And I, out of the five listed, I've only seen one of them. I've seen mm -hmm. the first season of Wednesday. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Do I think it was the like the fourth best series on on Netflix, uh, or or uh, would have I would have thought would have been the fourth most popular uh, series on Netflix? Not by a long shot. I'm hugely surprised that the Night Agent is number one here i i to me it always just looked like a show that okay you know it's another kind of generic action thriller suspense kind of series okay it'll be a fun watch but i didn't expect that many people to watch it laura like of of some of the big names that came to my mind like i think of beef all the light we cannot see even the fall of the house of usher i'm surprised not any of those netflix series didn't kind of creep up further on these these rankings to supplant you know Shows I honestly have never heard of before. Did the, did this list surprise you? Uh, 
it did a little bit. And yeah, I hadn't heard of, um, I I actually wasn't familiar with the night agent and seeing it at number one, I was like, was this that big a deal that I, you know, it's not really my type of thing anyway. I did watch Ginny and Georgia and Queen Charlotte, no surprise there. Uh, <laughs> the Glory is a South Korean thriller. Um, I hadn't heard of that. I think something to keep in mind is just the time span. So these are only reflecting numbers from January to June, so not overall. So some big shows like Squid Games, Stranger Things, we know are maybe the most watched shows ever on Netflix, uh, just might not be, you know, watched as much during that time. I was sort of surprised not to see older shows like, you know, Seinfeld, The Office, Gilmore Girls higher on the list and you know not necessarily breaking that top five but i had to scroll down pretty far to get to them um so i don't know maybe people kind of got their binge watching out of their system when they were on lockdown in 2020 2021 but yeah it surprised me a bit but you know i think there's that caveat that this data is only going to um, be able to give us so much you know, information. But as we start to get it um, every six months, it will be able to be compiled to give us a, a broader picture. I was trying to find like overall lists, but of course we don't really have that because this information has been kept private. Yeah, absolutely. And it's certainly something we will dive into next time uh, a list like this one comes out. But for now, Laura, thank you so much. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thanks, Alex. You as well. That was entertainment reporter Laura Bain. Coming up after the break, the Huron Carol will be airing on APTN this holiday season. Tom Jackson tells you all about the annual benefit concert. You're watching now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.